0: Welcome to episode number 202, Emotional Intelligence.
1: This is the Rotated Views Podcast with Jimmy Lee and the crew, giving you life from various perspectives. Welcome to our level. We hope you enjoy the views. Brought to you by the Blessed Lifestyle brand. Visit bl3ssed.com to get blessed. Also sponsored by the Motivation Files Unleashed, this motivational mixtape will be your fuel for success. Available on all platforms.
0: All right, you are now tuned in to the Rotated Views Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Lee-Velez. I'm here with Gabe, Goose, Heck, and our guest, Marlon emotional intelligence. In this episode, we have special guest, Marlon Addison. We cover topics that range from leadership, IQ versus EQ, mentorship, lecturing, and much more. We wrap the episode up with quotes from Percy B. Green and Adrian Rogers. Guys, if you're new, thank you for joining us. Don't forget to download and subscribe. We drop a new episode every Tuesday morning for your listening pleasure kicking things off guys just want to say thank you for bearing with us the last couple weeks we've been doing our podcast via zoom and this is the first one where we're back at the barbershop miguel's riverside barbershop 105 market street bristol pa so marlon man thank you for joining us dude we appreciate it
2: appreciate you guys having me and i appreciate being the uh first live guest since the uh, (laughs) pandemic
0: that's right (laughs) all right cool so um so for those of us who do not know who you are what you do let us know
2: so, again, Marlon Addison, who I am, uh, first and foremost, I'm faith-driven, very much so. Uh, dad, I uh, like to be a super dad, right? Got <laughs> yeah, a, yeah. two girls, one boy, obviously, uh, the dope missus. Yeah. So that's, that's mm-hmm. who I am. I'm, I'm a family-oriented guy, faith-driven. Yeah. So when people ask that sometimes people tend to go into what they do and, you know, no, who I am is I'm family oriented. I think that's the cornerstone mm-hmm. of anything. That's your first learning environment. That's your first training ground. That's where, you know, you, you have your, your highs, your lows, you know, that's everything is there. And just to note <clears throat> everyone, and I'm sure you guys know this, isn't fortunate enough to have a family, absolutely. right? Yeah, or absolutely. it may be um, kind of a, de- uh, it could be a degenerative family. So mm-hmm. we, you know, we can tackle
0: that as well, but, mm-hmm. I'm a family guy, in a nutshell. I love that's, it. I love it. Awesome. All right. So when you're not being a superhero, uh, <laughs> you know, what's your what's your uh, what's your profession?
2: So my profession is um, I'm a salesperson. Okay. So I like to call myself the sales whisperer, um, <laughs> and that goes into emotional uh, emotional intelligence, and we'll get into that as well. But which sales I work for um, corporately, Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey. Okay. Nice. So I've been there uh, 20 plus years. Several leadership positions, primarily in sales, uh, done project management as well, Net- network operations management, which pertains, and Jim, Lee, you, lo- you know this well, dealing with the hospitals and the providers, things of that nature, but primarily sales is where I am. National, public, uh, small, mid-individual, Medicare, Medicaid, we can go down the line, but mm-hmm, sure. yeah. that's, that's where my expertise lies.
0: I love it. I love it. All right, so how did you get started in the sales uh, industry? Ah, uh, like
2: anybody else by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It wasn't uh, predetermined. Um, in school, I was uh, pre-law, English and poli-sci. And then um, my first uh, gig during my senior year of college was uh in a floor store like i don't know if you guys are old enough to remember rickles before home depot took over it was a department store so we sold um you know carpet we installed tiles and things of that nature and that's when i first got the sales bug so it was like 20 21 years old and uh it was on from there i enjoyed it
0: wow i love it i love (laughs) it that's funny um all right, so, so you started very young, and obviously you're 20-plus you know, you know, years uh, yep. into the industry. Um, is it true? I'm going to already tap into psychology here. Is it true that everyone is a salesman or needs to be, or we're always selling ourselves to some extent? It's true, and,
2: and I'm pausing not to give you a canned, cliche response. Sure. Um, because everyone isn't cut out to be a salesperson right it's it's a different niche mm. and oftentimes you may get a, a negative connotation all oh, you do you guys do this, go out and you talk you run your mouth you may get <laughs> on the golf course you know you kick your feet up and some of that stuff is true sure right yeah. but you, you gotta have a certain gift um, to be able to read people moment-to-moment moment mm-hmm. because it can change it's not a script right yeah. mm-hmm. you, you have to understand that and you guys doing this podcast and you know you're very much aware of that sure. so sure. yes to answer directly Everyone has a little bit of sales uh, person in them, but everybody's not cut out to be a salesperson. It's a very different field. And when you're up and you're presenting and you're speaking and you're doing these things, you're pretty much running it off the top of your head. Not guesstimating. You do your work and you study, but you don't have a script in front of you, right? Mm-hmm. Right, you're, you're, right? You're talking about the finances, the underwriting, specifics, all of that. So it's a different
0: animal. Absolutely. And, you know... Um You know, as you march along in life, there's a difference between, you know, you living life, right? So if I'm going in for an interview, I'm selling myself, right? If I'm, you know, uh, attracted to a specific uh, person that I want to uh, make a connection with, I'm kind of selling myself, right? Um, But when it comes to a profession, it's a whole other animal, right? Without question. So how does someone go from being a salesman or wannabe um, uh, to the sales whisperer? So, <laughs> so so
2: that goes into um, emotional intelligence right sure. so that goes into tapping into who people are I think oftentimes people go right into methods and then do will start with a process mm-hmm. and what I mean is um, for example I mean, Jimmy Lee reached out to me. Um, shout out to Algernon on Hall. He uh, told me about Jimmy Lee. I did my research and listened to some of the podcasts. I think you guys knock it out of the park, which is why I'm here.
0: Absolutely. But
2: the process was uh, Jimmy Lee. You know, we were texting back and forth. He reached out. Hey, Marlon, I uh, got your information from Al. Do you mind if I, you know, get in contact with you? Not a problem. Going back and forth. All right. His method at the end was, OK, we're going to talk about A, B, C and D. I may ask these type of questions we're going to hit on emotional intelligence he didn't call me or text me and say hey we're going to do emotional intelligence these are the questions that's backwards right so Mm -hmm. it's a process and i think oftentimes people will throw out terms and do certain things and not that the terms and things that they're doing are wrong they're just out of order Mm -hmm. right right we're in the barber shop you're not going to come in here and just okay let me just start cutting your hair. You don't know yeah. what I want. What's yeah. the process? <laughs> right, I, right, I know right. you can cut. It's a, yeah. a barbershop. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So what's the process? Yes. So it starts at the beginning. I don't know what the process may be for whatever um, scenario we're, we may be discussing. Sure. But to your point, Jimmy Lee, whether you're meeting someone or you may like a young lady or whatever it is, sure. it's a process. You right. just don't walk up, hey, would
0: you marry me? Right. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, Great point. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so so obviously to become you know gifted in uh, sales and not where wh- where do people go wrong and is it the connection with the emotional t- intelligence to divide a good salesman who generally wants to sell you something he knows he's selling you something you know he's selling you something but his intentions are right versus the the infamous sleazy car salesman right and and it's 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 unfortunate but it's almost like that's kind of what you think of you're like oh gosh and you know some of these the the car industry some of these companies now have a you know non-toggle price now just because that takes that thing away from it um they're just like this is the price that's it you like it and that's there's no negotiating basically um how does someone not find how does someone navigate through that so they're not you know in the on the you know the latter end uh, I think people overcomplicate it. You listen, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I'll go back to you. when you reached out to me, you didn't give me a list of demands. You didn't say do this or that. You listened to me. I would say hey Jimmy Lee could you do this or do you mind going on this page or, would you mind and you were very accommodating so yes. you listen and yeah. then that opened me up to be more responsive and say hey can we do this or are you open to meeting a person sure let's do this because you started out with the right mindset right. you didn't assume you didn't go in for initially what you wanted right that, exactly. I know you wanted to be here sure but you didn't treat it like that you yes. listen so the first step is listening and people it may be common sense but we all know common sense is not that common right sure And people take <laughs> back, they take it for granted absolutely. and um so the very first step is listening seeing what that person wants or what that person needs and if you can do some research
0: beforehand absolutely yeah. absolutely yeah that's huge because um it's interesting that you put i think you're the first person's ever pointed that out um in our part of our process is you know share a few things about yourself a quick brief bio is what i always say it's a yep. very quick thing mm-hmm and you gave me some you know awesome pointers and then you you know directed me to a website it was just perfect right and it, I kind of wish that's how it always goes down <laughs> um, but uh, what's funny is when we first started this four years ago that wasn't my approach I was figuring that process out and so as you could probably attest I'm sure there are some sales that went left because maybe <laughs> your approach wasn't what it Is today right right, as it was 20 years ago, Um, and so our approach, obviously, with getting guests on and and um, preparing them, I like to say, because I figure what we learned was the more we help someone else be prepared, it helps us on the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our show goes way smoother. Um, The the conversation's a little bit more loose. We're not sticking like, all right, here's our 50 questions. We're gonna start darting them out. (laughs) Just a plain way to get the conversation started. Because what makes most things appealing, what makes your sale appealing is that it's what you said you're listening to them Mm. and people's you know most people yeah yeah, everyone's favorite person is themselves let's be honest right (laughs) your name is your favorite name I don't care what anyone says even (laughs) if you have kids Um, (laughs) it's just funny that's that's just natural though so so how does someone go from um, a salesman to a compassionate high emotionally intelligent salesman to then a master uh, storyteller, or is that you need to be the storyteller to be be the master salesman? Uh-huh. That's a good way to <laughs> ask it. So. I don't know if you
2: have to be a master storyteller to be uh, uh, kind of a dope salesman, but yeah. it definitely helps, right? Absolutely. Because that's how we are wired. We think in story form, right? right? So even if, you know, whether someone is faith-driven or not, I am, right? Jesus spoke in parables,
0: right? Yes. Right. He yeah.
2: spoke in simple uh, uh, topics, right? Yeah. John Maxwell, simple topics, right? Jim Rohn, simple topics, right? We, we keep it simple and we, and we give you a story. So what I do is, I have a technique that I created, it's called age and stage. Okay. Right? Age and stage. And what that means is, I have an 11-year-old son. So he fancies himself an animator, a YouTuber, and actually he's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and he's getting better and better. So what I try not to do, and Lee, again, this is something you just hit on, we tend to talk about, oh yeah, I did this, I'm successful, here I am. People want to hear about the tri- uh, the trials, the struggles. Yes, sure. How did you get there? No one got to the top without struggles or some losses. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, with the age and the stage, I tell, uh, I think back and say, you know what? Was I too hard on him? Mm. What was I doing at that age and at that stage? Right, right. Right. So, how can I be better? And one of the other techniques I use is called the and but. Right. And you guys probably heard this before. Uh, Jimalee, uh, I'm sorry I stole ten dollars from you, but you shouldn't have left it out anyway. here. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Instead of Jimmy Lee, I'm sorry I stole $10 from you. And I'll work on it not happening again. Got right? It. Simple replacement from butt to end. Got it. Right? Yeah. Anytime you hit somebody with an apology and you hit a it, butt, it's gone. Yeah. Right, oh, right, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. I love your shop, but you can do this <laughs> better. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's yeah. gone versus yeah. the end. But I love your shop. And you guys greeted me when I came into the door. Love that. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So agent stage and the end and, and butt. In the agent stage, it's not just limited to um. The actual term agent stage. So again, you can be in middle school, agent stage, right? Some of the things you're gonna know, I expect that. That's in middle school, right? Asian stage. High school, agent stage. I expect certain things. But in high school, you may get somebody who skips a grade, right? You may get somebody who goes to college and maybe finish college at 15, right? Agent stage. However, that does not mean that person, just because you have the ability to retain that knowledge, that you can relay it and tell stories because you have not gotten to the experience. Age and stage. You may have a master's at 15, and this young lady does that uh, I just read about. But can you apply
0: experience at 15? You can't. No. Not yet. So age and stage. I love that because it puts, it. yeah, it puts that other aspect just because, and we all probably did it when we were teenagers. Oh, I'm 16. I can do X, Y, and Z now. Well, that's the age you are, but are you ready? Because let's be honest, there's some 16 year olds I would not put behind the wheel of a car. Right. And so like you're just not ready. (laughs) (laughs) You're not ready, you know? And so, yeah, you're of age, but you're not at that stage yet. And so let's build you up to get there. Exactly. Um, That's amazing. Uh, I love that. So so all right so so let's let's talk emotional intelligence, right? Uh-huh. You already dropped some personal development uh, uh authors and you know somewhat mentors of mine uh John Maxwell, uh Jim Rohn. This is this is all good stuff. So is this part of personal development, uh, emotional intelligence, or is this a skill set uh that you can acquire? Is it both? Is it natural elaborate. Oh, great question. Uh, it's it just it's a diverse question so
2: let me start with just defining emotional intelligence because we jumped right into it and I got amped and I was loving the question so absolutely (laughs) emotional intelligence is basically uh, broken out in four corners right self-awareness meaning knowing where you are and and knowing where your emotions are Uh, self-managing managing managing those emotions accordingly but then you have um, relationship and management meaning with other people, how am I managing my relationships with other people? And then, lastly, social awareness. Also, in a group setting, how am I managing my emotions? So again, when that happens, let's say I'm am uh, I'm sad, right? Let's let's dive into that deeper. When I talk about emotional intelligence, I, I tend, whether it's my son or whomever else, delve deeper. Like, what does that mean? And to make it easier for them, on a scale of one to ten, how sad are we? Okay? Yeah. That's how you get them involved and ask <clears throat> certain questions or key questions. I may also ask, okay, you sound like you're sad, but you're also melancholy. It's the difference, right? Yeah. Melancholy it's that, you know, I'm sad, but it's an undercurrent, right? And what you don't want to do is have that melancholiness, uh, that melancholy uh, turn into a state right? Mm. Because you can go from, okay, I'm sad today, and then two weeks later, like, ah, Jimmy Lee, I was talking two weeks ago. You're still sad? Yeah. Mm. Now it's a state. You're in a state of mind. So that's emotional intelligence is being aware of where you are and who you are, managing that, right, Mm -hmm. for yourself first. And then when you get around others, you may be super happy. And then I come around and just steal that joy from you, right? Mm. And then lastly, in a social group again, we need to know how we're impacting others and how our emotions come out. You can't fake genuineness. I don't care who you are. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. People can spot a phony a mile away. You may yeah. get him once, but sure. nah, come Marlon, this guy, yeah. right? <laughs> you don't like that. So that's managing your emotions. That's emotional intelligence. So I just wanted to define it first. But your questions is it's just it's layered. you you got to have both but it's not a specific order. It depends on who you are, mm. right? Everybody learns differently. Everybody, again, age and stage. Um, I may be n- not have my license yet, right? Like, Marla, you how old are you? You don't have your license, right? It depends. Sure. I may be the exception proving the rule, but it's still age and stage. So it depends on where you are and how you process it. Uh, but all that comes into play, being a master storyteller over time, knowing what concepts to use doing the process first before you start throwing out concepts right before you start talking about different modes and how you work and one of the oldest ones is SWAT right strength weakness opportunities and threats you don't just walk and just say SWAT to somebody (laughs) what is the process (laughs) how do we get there I mean and there's nothing wrong with SWAT that's a great tool but we're not there yet it's
0: timing so Ken, so is it kind of like the your uh, your um, intelligent quotient, so is it the same whereas you're born with a set and you can grow that into um, higher depths and more maturity right so so you ever hear the term uh, read the room right yep. like you could tell someone has not read the room when they just come in and and so there has to be an intelligence there right and an awareness yep. that when you walk into a room. And you know you're there for a party, but un- unknowingly you didn't know when you, right before you went in they just found out uh, a loved one passed away. So you're going in there and you're charged with all this energy. Yo, what's good, everyone? We're ready to have a, the, the night of our lives or whatever. And everyone's looking over and like, dude, you didn't you definitely didn't read the room because right. obviously everyone has their head down. Someone's you know emotional on the side. There's that. I guess emotional maturity or just awareness, I guess I, want, I keep wanting to say awareness. That is the word. Yeah, so this awareness of all right, this this isn't the best time. Now I got to switch gears. So that's not necessarily being fake cuz now you you just readjusted what you should be feeling, right? right? So that's different than uh we we are associated with in the past maybe 10 15 years ago with a group that forced happiness and they forced Mm. the personal development thing but in in my in my most basic way of saying it it was cheesy it was like you're you're always happy you always have to be happy you have to always be and it was like they were taking away what life really is and part of that most of that was that experience, right? I can't understand the uh, the happiness if I didn't yeah. experience the sadness or value it, right? Um, so, so can you explain a little bit with the IQ and the EQ, or and is it? De- can you develop it? In your opinion? So you just answered it, but I'll I'll, sure. <laughs> I'll go deeper, so, and I completely agree with you. <laughs> okay,
2: um, I, IQ obviously the intelligence uh, quotient. Um, it's still up to debate what what you're born with. Um, I push that envelope because, again, to your point about reading the room, um, you have to know if somebody's introverted, if mm. somebody's extroverted, yes. if somebody's an ambivert, right? They're both. Even on an autistic scale, we make certain assumptions, right? I'm extroverted. He's the guy just because I'm extroverted, right? right. What, an intro- person, uh, introverted person can offer the same value. They're just not as outspoken. You just need to find out what their gifts are and how to place them in the best situation so they can win. Mm. and they can be a superb leader. Like it. So again you answered that question but yes you can develop it. Okay. Uh, uh intelligence quotient and uh and uh, uh EQ. EQ though it has um most of the leaders and when i say leaders i mean uh CEOs, CFOs, COO all the alphabet soup there uh, all have a high EQ. Right? I know they have IQ but they have a high EQ. They Absolutely. know it can be an industry that they're in that they never worked in. They have the skill set to dominate there because they know how to treat people. Right. Yes. I right. uh, hear you work for me versus you work with me. Yes. Right. Simple right. things. And they mean it. You, yeah. you, again, you can't fake phoniness. And I agree with you. It, let my emotions be what they are. I should be aware and manage them. You Absolutely. Know, I shouldn't be, you know, foolish towards you or put you down. I, sure. That's the awareness part. And you nailed it. Yes. And then getting that value. But I shouldn't assume and I should not ask
0: questions wow do you not oh my gosh i just it just made me think of something we had a um a speaker i i went to uh, temple university and we were in our senior year and we had a speaker come out who went through our program who had a job to offer uh, i don't know like 10 people um but she kept for whatever now we're an undergrad so we're getting our bachelor's um you gotta understand too the, the the program was rigorous we're a week out from graduation we're like spent basically right. and we have like one last week of finals and this lady kept pushing uh everyone getting their masters right and i cannot tell you how inappropriate that message was to a group of kids who just busted their tails off for the last two years to get right. their bachelors we don't we physically yeah. don't even have our bachelors right and <laughs> someone was preaching masters to us <laughs> i cannot tell you how she got i mean the most negative reviews you'd ever see on someone who I think intended well, yeah. right. uh, their intentions were, she meant well, and I, she came off so overly aggressive that it turned off the entire room. There was not one person that went to work for her, um, there was complaints galore, and that's, you know, there's different types of people that like to do that huh. stuff, but it was amazing uh, to see someone not be aware <laughs> Of not only the context of her own speech, yeah. uh, but just the faces that were just dropped and tired and just listening to this. No one's clapping. Like, no one clapped. <laughs> the people literally walked out. And it was just—it was embarrassing, honestly. Um, i cr- It was like one of those cringe... Like, you just cringed for her. Right. I didn't get offended because I was like, whatever, well, I'm... <laughs> I had, my mind was so on like another subject, my final the next day right. that I'm like whatever she and said. You're a different
2: type of person. Anyway, yes, so. exactly.
0: And so, but man, there's people that got offended. They walked out. Yeah. Uh, they sent her nasty email. You know, and it just they let it. They let it eat into their own mind. Right. And all I, you know, all you had to do is she read the rumor. She was not. She, I know she attended well. Believe me, she would not have spent took a day off of her job, no. her business to give a message that was wrong. She didn't right. really mean that. She came off that way, though. Yeah. So, so how, how, do, how do we avoid things like that? So
2: uh, I'm laughing listening <laughs> to the story because it's so layered and nuanced, right? Yeah. So you're at a younger age. You're completing your, your, your bachelor's, right? Yes. You're excited about it, but you're also exhausted. She didn't read the room. She fell miserably. You, even at that age, recognize that. Yes. See, yeah. that's what I mean. It's, 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 it's a gift, but it's all, it also can be developed. It's yeah. not unique. Uh, to, to anyone but some people have a higher uh, knack for it and you do yeah, and yeah you yeah. read the room and then you know one of our favorites all authors right John Maxwell go back that's to right. him the second law right The 15 yes. laws the that's second right. law awareness exactly right? and she didn't she didn't have that at all she didn't have that she had the first <laughs> law of being intentional yeah but her intentionality <laughs> what she wanted to put out there yeah. she didn't care about what anybody else wanted she wanted what she wanted sure. so that's where we can misconstrue that so I, I think you did a tremendous
0: job of reading the room. <laughs> so, so, how does that affect? I want I want your opinion on this. This just was you know jumping around in my mind as you were talking. How does spirituality come into? Um, emotional intelligence in a sense that if you do feel that you have a connection with a higher source and that you do somewhat feel that you're guided um and you do feel protected how do i go into can you speak a little bit about spirituality in a sense where uh, we've had preachers growing up we we went to um a church and we i I just remember this and maybe you could speak on this or Mm even 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 the you know the the television preachers they'll say i came here with a lesson i planned all week but I'm not going to talk on that. Yep. God put something in my heart. Mm. And then they start ripping on something, a totally different topic. Yep. So is that part of the emotional intelligence that they felt a different energy when they walked into the room? Or is that nothing, one has nothing to do with the, with the, the other? Oh, no,
2: it is definitely um, in my mind, in Yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, and just to put some context around it, my, my dad is a pastor and so is my mom. Oh, okay. So um, I grew up the same way and I would hear that often, right? So I think you have to be in tune and connected to receive something. Right. Just like your, your example about your professor. She meant well, yes. but she was completely not zeroed in. She was completely disconnected. Yeah. She was off. Yeah. She, she, she didn't get it. So if having that emotional intelligence, even from a spiritual standpoint, it just it just broadens it for you. Right. You're, you're connected. When we say higher power, when we say the universe. I say God, I make no bones about it Absolutely. You know, to, to each his or her own. But that's where I stand. Absolutely. So. um when we say that if you're not connected even from a spiritual uh, standpoint if you're immature you know you see things fall in my arms and i'm being petulant just being childlike whatever yep how are you going to receive something you're right. not in a place right. to receive it not only from this level definitely
0: not from a spiritual level so yes they're definitely connected so when you talk about growth and you can grow your eq mm-hmm. is developing your spirituality part of that for me yes. yes A huge yes for me. Yes. Everybody's different, and you can grow
2: your emotional uh, uh, maturity no matter what you believe in. But for me, I I have to say tapped in, right? Because I can't handle the good sometimes. We Mm -hmm. talk about the bad. Some people, they can't handle compliments. They can't handle success. <laughs> yeah. They make it the big head and just ah, I don't need this. I can't handle any of that. So for me, I lay it all on God, right? Yes. Negative, positive, whatever it is, and then I seek counsel that way. I, I don't um, do it the opposite way. So that that's how I roll.
0: Wow, oh. good. Huh. That's interesting. Um, all right, so so we're, we're we're developing it. Can can you speak on? Uh, outside of spirituality, is um, experience, is forcing yourself into situations, helping your emotional intelligence. So if I want to become a public speaker, is joining Toastmasters part of my emotional intelligent uh, journey? Would you say? Simple answer is yes, if that's what you want to do.
2: Got it. You can join anything, but if your heart isn't in it, it won't last, right? Mm-hmm. You can say, oh, I want to do better on that. year. It'll stay there. It'll get pushed back, back, back. You just won't do it. But if it's something that you're into, you pretty much do it, right? Again, you guys got a barbershop, right? It doesn't happen overnight. It was a process. It was methods. And now people come, oh, this is nice. I want to do this. Oh, hold on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a process. So it depends on what you truly want to do. People need to find that out first before they, oh, that's my passion. Well, your passion could be banging on a drum. you know just what do you do with that right make a decision first and then find things to guide your passion don't let your passion necessarily guide you I push back on when folks said well well, my passion guides me okay well well, wait a minute your emotions should not be first Mm
0: -hmm.
2: yeah you should be thinking about that right if my emotions are always first if you are stepping on my foot what are you stepping on my foot for what are you doing like I'm exploding no make a decision yeah even if the other person is wrong like you know what he was wrong you know you stepped on my foot and he may even be a jerk But like so what All right, have a good day you know you have to be more mature yeah. than that in a yep. situation and I use small things like that because people take them for granted but as soon as I leave here something can happen somebody may scratch my truck or whatever I'm like yo what are you d-? Marlon just left here he was doing all that talking you, you have <laughs> to live
0: it even yeah, in yeah, the yeah, smallest absolutely. moments absolutely so absolutely. I love that um so so what about what about relationally right and so you can grow um, I think there's an awareness, right? Even as kids, if you grew up in a household um, where your parents were constantly arguing, and you think that that's what a regular relationship is, just mm-hmm. based off that's your experience, can you be mad at that? Mm-hmm. And that's how a lot of this stuff goes on, is because that sometimes that's all someone knows. This right. is all they know. They know arguing, and they associate that with a successful marriage. <laughs> in, in their mind, <laughs> that's what it is, and then they end up uh, doing that stuff. Now, it's not just negative, it, or it could also be negative like if I see my parents struggle financially and I'm reading the room so to speak and I saw some of the things that you know my dad had to do like get a couple extra jobs and things like that I now am applying that to my life well to avoid that I should do X Y and Z before I have to experience that pain right so how, can you t- talk about other people's experiences and how we can apply them in an intelligent way so that we're not encountering that level of pain Absolutely.
2: That's, that's why we quote these authors, right? That's why we read them and, and not just to throw names in the air, but I, that's what I enjoy. So I read those authors, right? Absolutely. Because that's what motivates me and moves me. Yours may be something different. You may be Stephen King. You may be thriller. You may be mystery. You may be horror. Doesn't matter. F- find that lane. But from a relational standpoint, um, I, I would say just look for um, authors um, podcasts, videos, things that kind of stoke you and move you in that direction and where you want to go and where you want to be because you can always learn from, from, uh, from the past, right? You know, if you those who do not know the history are doing to repeat it, right? And we That's see right. that all yep. the time. Yep. Um, so it's up to that person or persons to find out what it is they want to do and then they can go from, from there and, and kind of follow that direction.
0: Okay. Now, is is there is there any um, like flagpoles or um, cues that if you see this, uh, you should steer in X, Y, and Z direction, right? Um, there is a book that was written some years ago titled The Five Love Languages, mm. and I don't want to butcher this, but the general concept is everyone has. Their own language out of five, everyone communicates in a specific yeah. uh, out of one of these five languages. Well, yeah. sometimes it's people just like to feel and they like for you to, you know, pat them on the head or pat them on the shoulder, they yeah. like that touch. Right. Uh, some people are motivated by compliments and, and so on, and there's five of them. Yeah. And so to me, that's like a cue. It was like, oh, okay. Um, now, the trick here is getting your spouse to also read this book. She's <laughs> like, what are you doing patting me on the shoulder? <laughs> so don't just read it by yourself you get right, your spouse right. out of it. Uh, the wife needs to know what's going on <laughs> or it's going to be completely bizarre if you keep complimenting and it's going you know, it's not genuine. Right. Um, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. But, but are there cues like that? Like, all right, well, I know um, if I'm about to have a very hard decision with my good friend, and i have to tell him you know by the end of this month he has to move out because the whole situation was we're just helping you while you're going through this difficult situation mm-hmm. and now it's kind of like you're past your you know you're welcome so to speak mm. how do you, when you're having that tough conversation are there cues like if someone just came back and they also just got fired from their job that's probably not the best time to also have you're kicking them out of the house to right. a conversation um or, how can we use these cues to help us navigate through it? So that's an
2: interesting question because y- you're going to get certain cues that smack you in the face, like, oh, boy, I-, I know she's mad today. I- <laughs> yeah, I- yeah, I- right, right. You're going to get some settle, right? mm-hmm. that are subtle, right? That you may not see. Um, you know, it could be something as subtle as um, we went to bed. Normally, my wife turns out all the lights in the house, but she left one particular light on. I mean, well, that's not like her, yeah. right? Maybe very, very subtle. But at the same time, with your example about your friend, maybe he lost his job, and then, you know, it's time for you to go. Certain things I, I, I equate to ownership, right? Mm-hmm. And I use that word uh, specifically. Your friend, in that example, needs to own what happened and what's going on. You like it. Sometimes, you know, we take on too much of the ownership and say, well, oh, God, I can't kick him while he's down. One, you were a friend and you let him stay there. Two, he's been there for a certain amount of time, and obviously you guys had an agreement, and he didn't honor that because he's still there. And three, guy, this is on you. Sometimes it's that tough love, right? I don't have to be a jerk, but I can let you know. Sometimes you may feel bad, but that ownership or the onus is not on you. It's on that person. So sometimes we have to recognize that. And that can be tricky. Right? It can be very tricky, but it's still there, and I don't think we talk about that enough, Mm. right? If you're doing
0: something well and you know you did it right, then that person needs to step up to the plate. Yeah. That's interesting that you say uh, take someone taking the onus too cuz I wonder I wonder if that also comes into play where someone's in a job let's just say that they're undervalued mm-hmm. and they're bringing more to the table than everyone else pure talent just right. great. But how does someone put that into action, right? So how does, if someone's becoming more aware of specific situations or studying and reading books and Mm -hmm. listening to podcasts, what's the best way or what's your suggestion of small action steps to apply what they're learning instead of, like you said, just reading books just to, you know, read books. That's what we always talk about is like, knowledge isn't power. It's the application application of knowledge is power. You know, you you don't see libraries hard at work, right? They have all the knowledge (laughs) in the world. Um, um, right. <laughs> but uh, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: So, so good question. I, I, I'll, I'll take it to kind of a work scenario, performance plans. I'm not a big fan of performance plans. I'm, I'm I really not because yeah. you, you, you talk to somebody six months in, right, and right. then you tell them what he or she did wrong. You know, if they're a superstar, you may praise them, but it's after the fact. I'm a big proponent of doing it along the way. Got so you. what I do with my children is I have uh, we set goals together. Right? We do yearly goals, but we have quarterly check-ins. But during the week or the first month, we're talking about what your goals are. Yeah, right? yeah. My son studying in different languages. My son wanted to learn how to cook. My daughter um, now, um, she attends U sciences, and she's working on her uh, doctorate in physical therapy. So nice. we, we do these things, and not by accident. So to answer your question directly, you set goals, small ones that you can just pick at and get to, mm-hmm. and that you can achieve, but you stay on it. You have to stay on it. These are things people know, but to your point, they don't apply them. Mm. You, oh, I know that, Marlon. I'm sure you do. But you're not doing them. Mm-hmm. So the proof is in the pudding. When you see somebody excel, you know they have a plan. The podcast didn't just happen. It's here. I know you have a plan. I don't have to know anything else about you. I know you had a plan to get here. Absolutely. I know where you are. So just taking those uh, chunks out. In doing this. And one of my mentors, he has a, um, he kills me. One of his sayings is, you know, you should be ready, aim, fire. Mm -hmm. And most folks are fire, aim, ready. Mm. Oh, yeah. 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 So. That's funny.
0: Um, You just said mentors, mentor. So let's talk a little bit about mentorship uh, and its importance. Why is having a mentor important and possibly more than one? Oh, it's, 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 it's a lifesaver and, and just, just to explain, you know, you can have somebody
2: who sponsors you and a sponsor person may a sponsorship may be, okay, um, I'm not meeting with Marlon regularly, but I know he's a good worker so I'm going to recommend him from this job. They're sponsoring you. Mm-hmm. A mentor takes time and you're, you're meeting uh, regularly, whether weekly, monthly, whatever it is, and you have assignments to get better. So I think with a mentor, it, it's just key and, and I have two in particular. And that's never going to stop. And I also mentor college students, high school students. Um, I get back. I'm originally from Jersey City, so I still go there and mentor. I mentor in Newark as well. So having a mentor, man, is just so undervalued. You hear the term tossed around so much. Yeah. But people are not actually doing it. Yeah. And selfishly, um, I I mentor young men on purpose because I want my daughters to have somebody to marry. Like women outnumber men. We all know that. Yeah. Right. So I want them to, you know, have someone that. On, on their level and in the course that they're going. So yeah. selfishly, it's for them as well. And, you know, just for the betterment of society. And I enjoy it.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, um, there was this great book. Um, I read it a long time ago. I forget the author's name off the top of my head. But I believe it's called Monday Morning Leadership.
2: Dave Cottrell. Dave Cottrell. Talk about it. There, there it is. is. Eight mentors in, uh, Mentorship sh- uh,
0: Sessions You Do Not Want to Miss. My fa- One of my favorite books. There it is. And oh, so... Nice. Um, that really showed. That really breaks it down. If someone's really looking to understand what mentorship is, in a it's a small book, right? I yep. remember you can read a small it in a day or two. Exactly. Yeah. And if you wanted to dive in a little bit more, it's a great, um, it's a great book. It's a great place to start, I yep. should say. Um, and it really puts value to the importance of having someone help guide you, or at least talk you through things, mm-hmm. because people think a lot of times uh, mentorship is mentorship, having a mentor is not your boss. He's not necessarily telling you what to do. He's sharing the, his experiences, his or her experiences with you, and maybe together you can come up with you know, a plan. Or maybe he does already have the answer, but it's not always telling you what to do. Right. It's in support. It's almost, it should be in unison. It's right. a conversation. It's a relationship. And so when some people think mentor, it's because it's given a bad name by these so-called gurus out there who want to help sell you Forex and all these stocks. <laughs> and all this other stuff yeah. and it's that's their that's your mentor right. and that guy's not a mentor he's literally telling you what stocks to buy he's telling you telling you right. telling you and people hate to be told what to do so it's like that's why that's not effective because now you have a dictator in your relationship yeah. and you have no say and what we're talking about what's a successful relationship before is listening and when you first open into a relationship part of that relationship has to be listening by the mentor mm-hmm. right I mean, am I wrong I mean is that is that a wrong way
2: to no, look no, at it? You know, and I'm glad you brought up Dave Cottrell because uh that's usually the book I start. It depends on where they are yeah. with my mentees. Nice. I use it as a guy, which you, you hear me say bucket filler's a guy. Yeah a lot. Keeping the main thing the main, main thing, thing yeah. right? Staying focused. So um it's, I, I read the book when whenever I can I'll breeze through it because I,
0: I I love it. So many nuggets in there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um All right, so 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 how do you know you found the right one, right? And so that, that's, it's kind of like what we are saying earlier, you know, the, the, the terminology gets thrown away mentorship. How do, you know, how do you know how to pick a mentor? So if someone's out there and they, they, they might be thinking, you know, I think Marlon would be a great fit for where I want to go. Um, and I think the conversation happens and then it has to be a discussion. It's not just, you know, pay 39 99 a month and then all of a sudden it's like – because I really want to take that away. I want to take that stuff out of the equation because that's right. not true mentorship, right? Correct. That's a coach or something. Like Correct. A coach is always telling the kids, this is the plan. This is what we're doing. Bam, go do it. Right. Coach. Mentor is the combination of that, experiences, and a discussion, Correct. and come up with a genuine, real plan that that person, that mentee can attack. And then we can come back and get the feedback, and then we'll make adjustments, right? There it is. So, so explain, can there be a wrong mentor for someone?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: Absolutely. But for me, it's different. I, I like to call myself positively aggressive. Nice. So, I, you know, I, I go after what I want. I, I look and I don't do, oh, okay, he's the VP. That's my mentor. Yeah. No. What, what is he or she about? Um, uh, do we have a lot in common? Um, and if we do and it's somewhere I want to be and they can, you know, school me on that, then that's that's what I'm doing. So to each person, I would say, study a person first. But you can do that. We take that for granted. Like sometimes we don't just sit and think. Just sit and think. Mm. Just take a pause, right, and think about what you want to do and actionize it. Um, You should always write it out. It doesn't have to be, you know, some great masterpiece or some great, you know, novel. Just a few bullet points, right? And and you can speak to that. So I think we get caught up in that. But absolutely, you can pick the wrong mentor. People, (laughs) People rush it. Yeah. Or, again, they go by title, or they may just assume, okay, oh, no, he, he's just a barber. He can't mentor me. Okay, okay. You know, and that person may be the best person for you and just take you to the moon, but you missed it because you were judgmental instead of mm-hmm. taking the time to pause and think
0: and seeing what a person is about. Yeah, and, and false expectations. I mean, you could put something on somebody because uh, they're physically fit, that he's right. going to be my, my, you know, a best fit financial counselor to me. No, not at all, right? Right. I mean, there's just bad, there's just false, you know, uh, expectations there. Just because he's good in one thing doesn't mean he's, you know, an expert in everything. Exactly. Um, Yeah, we're definitely all working on um something so you did talk about speaking to you know colleges so talk a little bit about lecturing and and kind of how that how that came about and what what are your what are your topics of discussion uh so
2: it it came about uh well i've always done it i've done it on my own even before i got into corporate america it was just something that was natural for me and i just even before i realized it i just took to it uh the second piece of that when i started working corporately Um, I was recommended to speak at different functions, different corporate events, and then when people saw me speak and saw the topics I was speaking on, they loved it. So emotional intelligence, uh, training, um, how to conduct yourself in in, in corporate America, just different things of, of, of that nature. And then I, I, they tapped me to mentor. We have a mentor program at uh, Horizon Blue Course Blue Shield uh, through inroads for the college students. And then I, I also mentioned the high school students. So they saw me in action there. And then once people see you, they see you, right? right, right. And they OK, I want Marlin. Yeah. And it, it just kind of steamrolled positively. From there, so I started speaking uh, internally and then I started speaking uh, primarily at William Patterson University, for example. I speak there a lot and I have a, I'm on the advisory board there as well. So it just kind of, again, steamrolled because people saw what I was trying to do and what I was trying to accomplish. And it was genuine and it was a passion of mine. And then, you know, they'll start assisting you. Yeah, and God will put things in your way to
0: assist you. So That's awesome. Um, to go back real quick on emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. um, is there, is there, can we, can we talk about, you mentioned leadership, everyone in the C-suites basically, um, who have more than likely have a high EQ, uh, if they weren't just quote, given a job, um, if they earned their way up there naturally up the, Mm -hmm. up the chain and they're, you know, COO CEO, whatever it is they always seem to be relatable. They're approachable, approachable, right? Yeah. You can always go up to all the CEOs for every company. that I, they, they would talk to you or shake your hand or say hi to you like they were your boy. Like if they known you for years. And Correct. honestly, sometimes it was my first time meeting this individual. Um, and they all had that and quickly were able to fizzle out heated conversations, almost it seemed like with a snap of a finger where we had town halls, right? Mm-hmm. And let's say you know, there's always that person who asks inappropriate question. Um, <laughs> what you know? When are we getting our salary increases? You know, and everyone cringes like, oh gosh, like this person really. Are you laying it. everybody off? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's always that person at the town hall that kind of kind of ruins it. But you, you kind of like, what is the answer? Let's see what he. I look for <laughs> how he or she's going to answer. What's right. their response? body language is huge and maybe you want to talk about that Um, their body language is you know chest out looking at the person individually and they either have a quick joke it's like, oh, there's always this guy in the crowd. Well, oh, you, you 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 woke up today and you want to be that guy today right, and make right. like a light of the situation. They are yeah. very yeah. quick with that, and I I find that so fascinating. Or they just they just know how to yeah, they just know how to put those little fires out. Right. Like, uh, talk to me at the end of the day, and I'll get you. I'll talk to your specific manager. We'll make sure that you get your answer. And right. boom, it's over. Where. Some people aren't emotionally intelligent in that sense, and they'll get offended. It's like, yo, why you gotta be ignorant? Why, why you trying to, you know? Why (laughs) they get like, some people just want to fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing there. It's like, man, they even process this. Their their fists are up already. Um, so can you speak a little bit about that? Like, what is it about high leaders at, at high levels that have that?
2: So uh, I'll say again, with uh, emotional intelligence, and, and this is the formula specifically for emotional intelligence, right? So it's perceiving emotions, understanding emotions, managing emotions, and using emotions. Mm. That's the formula for it, right? So I'm going to go back to the beginning of this interview when I said, you know, moment to moment and making those adjustments. Mm. Those four things in that example, that, that uh, VP, senior VP, whomever, hit them all. Yeah. Right? And everyone can't do that. Yeah. Right? And you're right. It's about body language, it's about control. Now, he or she is thinking about all of this, and it happened in five to 10 seconds. Mm. They're thinking about all of this. How can I defuse it? What am I going to say? How am I looking? I don't want to intimidate them because of the role I'm in, so they may take offense to it. Right. What are my next steps? Um, who's their manager if I know them? How can I work this out? All in about five or six seconds. Yeah. Boom, yeah. right? Yeah. So, to your point, yes is body language, and yes is those four things just perceiving, understanding, managing, and using. That's the specific mm. formula for it, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to awareness, understanding who you are, what you are, and it goes back to your other questions, right? Culturally, how was I raised? All of that comes up, yeah,
0: yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You
2: have yeah. to know how to manage that, right? Depending on where you're from, to your point, what, what did you say to me?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You have
2: to know where you are, right? Because it, it can take 10 years to build something strong and 10 seconds to destroy it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I preach emotional intelligence and how to apply it. It's not easy. It's not at all, but once you start mastering it, it gets better. So in that scenario, that person knew where he was or she was emotionally
0: and they took care of it. That's amazing. So so can you talk a little bit about someone's, you know, posture? So if if you had a boss That always walked in, slouched over, um, (laughs) dressed to the nines. Like the dude could have a three-piece suit on every single day and shiny shoes. But he's just always slouched over, always just like bags under his eyes. Just doesn't look like... He doesn't have the energy to do what he needs to be doing right. at all times. Maybe you know, all of us hit those days where we we're feeling a little bit more sluggish than you know we want to. Right. But if there, someone's always walking into the office that way, versus someone who's always walked in, even if they just got in a car accident right before they walked into work, because right. because a lot of people forget that leaderships are people as well. Leaders are people, right? Yep. And yeah, me and my wife got in a tiff this morning before I drove into work. That's gonna either send my day in. One or two directions, you know what I mean? Bad or good, and I have to make that decision while right. I'm driving in. Yeah. And I'm not going to let it ruin my whole day. Right. I'm not, we're going to address it when we can. But right now, it's not everyone else's fault, right? It's not my right. team's fault that when I go walk into my department, it's not their fault that you know we're arguing over whatever it is. You know right. what I mean? Um, yeah, like perfect example. Like me and my wife were going back and forth over the booking a vacation versus not booking it. Because she's like, what? And then we book it, we're, they're not going to refund their money, and uh, we're going to get hit by a tornado next. You know, with all these <laughs> disasters that are happening, she's like, I went, I went down, I went down. I'm like, well, we got to put something. And it, so it's not really an argument. It was just kind of like right. going back and forth where right. we just disagreed. I'm like, all right, well, fine. Well, we, you know, we settled on, you know, doing day trips. But it was funny because I could have totally let that demolish my day. Yep. We're thinking like, Man, we've been working our tails off. We, we, we should just go on a vacation. Even, if, yo, sometimes you got to gamble and you, you could talk yourself into just being mad the rest of the day, slouched over, or come in. It's like, put a pause, let's put a pause on that right. and let's approach the day a different way. And you come in every day because someone told me, he's like, there's no way you're happy every day. I'm like, what do you mean? They said, you walk in here like you're happy every single day. And I said, "Well, maybe I might look like that, but if you're dancing inside my brain and heart, you realize that is not the case. But in the position that I am, I'm glad you said that because I'm doing my job right. then, right? My because my issues aren't yours necessarily. Right. It just depends. It's a so decision. can you, yeah? So can you talk about like posture, or I mean, that was a very small, minor example, posture, right. but it's it it gives off a perception of someone.
2: It does, and unfortunately, it, it's it's how i'm going to answer this it is it's twofold right because this is very nuanced as well and that when you see certain people certain things come to mind right and you may be wrong right it's the seven eleven rule right we make seven um assumptions in 11 seconds right we just boom that's that's <laughs> yeah. who it is yeah i i i see tats i see a bald head i see a beard I see, yeah i know who you are right right, now. <laughs> right. you don't even know the person <laughs> no. right? right so that, that that's the flip side about posture, right? Somebody may be upright and just putting it out there, but that's not who they are. Right. They may be, you know, just, just, just fronting and toeing the line, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right. So that's the flip side. The other side is I, I do err on the side of uh, putting out that positive energy. You don't know what happened to me, and nor should you. It's none of your concern. It's none exactly. of your business. Right. That's part of my, my uh, emotional maturity and how I handle myself, and maybe it will positively affect you or rub off on you right so posture is very important how you carry yourself how you speak how you walk how you talk but again it goes back to being genuine Mm -hmm. you have Mm -hmm. to be genuine because people can read it you can see it's like just something about this guy man either it's positive or it's like "I, i don't know i can't put my finger on it because it comes out right, divide yeah, absolutely it, it comes out, absolutely. But you can't stop it, so <laughs> people are going on the flip side, on the negative side, people are just going to make assumptions and just you know assume all day, yep, there go, Marlin again. I'm sure he did that. What do you mean? you sure you don't even know what happened, <laughs> yeah yeah, so it's just about putting out your uh, your best foot forward it's really simple that this part is not overly complicated it's just really being who you are
0: yeah and and it's it's funny too because um there's a couple times where i walked into a meeting um and these i was going to have conduct a meeting with a contracted staff so they technically didn't directly report to me um, but they reported to me right, right? so th- but then i had to you know report to their actual boss day to day operations they reported to me yep. but if they had issues with their programs they had to reach out to their they actual had it boss it line, right. exactly um, and you can tell they already knew I was forced to put to, not forced, but I had to put together a meeting about a specific process that we we're going to change. So when you walk in the room, all I got was rolling eyes. Right, right yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, they got you too? You know? And, like... and so I can go in and get offended. How, how, how are you... Your emotional intelligence is proven right here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I could be having a totally bad day. They don't even know what meeting I just came off of. They don't even know I just got a call from the the hospital that my son's in the emergency room, right? Right. No one knows any of that. But I walk into the room and I need to be able to understand what is going on in each of these person's head in a split second. I look around, all rolling eyes. Listen, guys, I don't want to do this either. Come on, you got to work with me. Let's work together. Mm -hmm. This is something that's going to change. It's inevitable one thing at a time, let's pilot the process. Look, if it doesn't work, we'll go back to what we're doing anyway. But let's get through the slides, let's just see what right. it presents. Mm. You never know, sometimes learning something new can drive another factor. We'll, maybe we'll end our day a half hour faster now because we just cut the process. This might be a process improvement. Now I'm totally changing everyone's face. Like, right. All, right, Valev, all right, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Seriously, and it, rather than you know, you guys are very unappreciative. You know, I didn't even have to do this. Your <laughs> boss should be here doing this. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And now they put me, you know, they're making me do, you know, the dirty work. That's messed up. Yeah. And like, yeah, see, we told you, let's join the union. No, <laughs> boy, no, no. <laughs> All that is factual. Right. It is. Um, and I think to, to become a, a good leader Mm-hmm. Um and and not a bad leader because so, we all know there's there's people in specific positions are there because maybe it's their education, uh, maybe it's their uh, you know the relationship they have with somebody who they just got to connect or it whatever.
2: not be a track record, but just because you have an excellent track record, which I'm not knocking, doesn't make you a manager. That's Absolutely. a whole different show. Absolutely. But sometimes we put people in uh, higher positions because they have an excellent track record, but that doesn't mean they can work with people, manage people, know what motivates people. Maybe I'm a money guy, maybe I'm a a boy guy. Yeah. You know, you don't know where, where I'm in, introverted, extroverted, like we talked about. You don't know where I fall, you don't know if I'm a combination. And people don't understand that I'll take the time to listen just because I'm the top seller, which I love because I'm in sales, but doesn't mean you should be in charge of folks Mm -hmm. or working with them that way.
0: Absolutely. So is there any closing statements you want to speak on with emotional intelligence? Is there something you want to leave everyone with? Um, And if not in particular, where where should they go to get more information?
2: So I I would say um, in closing for emotional intelligence, I will leave them with just uh, a bit of uh, practical advice, something you can apply right away. Uh, to your example of, of working with folks, and sometimes they're not the best to work with. Sometimes I may not be the best person to work with. Sure. Um, I understand that their passion in that way, ultimately, they want to get to the same point that I do.
1: Mm. So
2: I don't want to misjudge that or mischaracterize it, mm. even if they're wrong. So i say it again. Mm. I don't want to misjudge it or mischaracterize it. If you're taking the time, even if it's a complaint, to say uh, X, Y, and Z about a task, to me, that means you're just as passionate as I am. So let's try to figure it out on how to get to that point. Mm -hmm. That's emotional intelligence. To your point, I don't want to go back and forth or or, or fight with you, but that's showing me that, you know what? Jimmy wants to get this done. You know, I may not agree with that approach, but ultimately he still wants to get to the end line. Mm -hmm. So that's emotional intelligence. Just take a step back, analyze their passion and accept it for what it is and don't put everything on you and just say, well, this happened, that happened. Nope, just relax, take a step back and just process.
0: Now, for someone like my brother who he, he's um, starting back up here uh, with the barbershop cutting hair after a long layoff right w- what is something that he can apply w- when it comes to his staff you know there's a couple things some 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 folks are scared like, is this going to happen again right. uh, there's a lot of unknowns um, there's not a lot of some some people I'm not saying the barbershop industry but some people collected uh, unemployment and made more in unemployment than they did for the regular job so how right. is a boss or someone who needs to um, get people over this you know this transition so to speak what are some of the things that they can use you know in an intelligent way in a compassionate way uh without overstepping and being too much
2: so great question so i I would apply something very specific a method so we talked about processes right so now we're to the methods portion so one of the methods um that i use is called pestle p-e-s-t-l-e right okay political economic uh, social, technological, legal, and environmental, right? And usually that approach is used externally. You can use it internally, but it's typically used externally, right? Political: What's going on today, right? Governmental affairs, presidential affairs, councilman councilwoman How does that impact my barbershop, right? Because it does. Right? Absolutely. It shut down. So that's the political aspect. This is for you to think about before you even approach your staff. You need to know where you are. So that's the political part, right? Um, economically. I shut down. That hurts. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and am I getting grants? People are making more money um, uh, outside of here than they were when, when they were here. Right? That's right. the economic piece. Right? And then you got the, uh, the social piece. I don't have that interaction anymore. I'm a barber. I'm pretty social. I like talking to people. I like talking to people while I cut their hair. Right? right. Something to take into consideration just to put myself in their position. And then you have the T, right? Which is technological. Um, how can I help them out? Oh, we talk about Zoom meetings, but that doesn't help me cutting hair. but Maybe I can find some tutorials during, during the, uh, the interim. Maybe I can uh, send them some podcasts that they can listen to during the interim. Hey, I saw this video. I think this will help you out. Whatever it is, right? Social media, IoT, the internet of things. Then you have the legal portion. What can I do? I can't open up too soon, right? Because the law prevents it. And then when I do open up, I have to move some things around and separate things, right? So I have to make sure I follow the letter of the law. And then lastly, environmentally. This doesn't always impact some people, because you could be working from home. But environmentally is big for you, because this is your shop in this environment. So I say that to give you a specific method to think about and how that impacts you, and how maybe then I can talk to my staff. To my team, right? It may work out on something different, but doing this process allows you to A, think, and B, apply some common sense
0: tactics. So that's a specific method that I would recommend. Got it. Perfect that's cool and then and, and what's cool about you know uh, the barbershop here every, you know we followed everything you're supposed to anyway so there's reassurance that when we come back in action it's not mm-hmm. like oh he, he did X y and z when he wasn't supposed to so now I don't trust him anymore <laughs> like, right, right. you lost trust in certain things and it's like what in the world um, so everything was followed and so when you come back you know you're doing it you walked in we're, first of all we're all here at the barbershop I'm not cutting hair just for the podcast and we have masks on there's you know temperature taken there's check. There's masks, uh, additional masks for, so precautions are taken. They're right. all certified in barber side. They're all certified in COVID nineteen now, and cleanliness and all this jazz. That is what owners should be doing. Not obviously, not everyone's a barber, but I'm saying right. in your industry, when you're coming back, those are definitely correct. The thing. People knowing you cared um, a, about your business number one, or and about them, right? Because essentially, you're the one that hired them, <laughs> right? For your business, right? Um, all right, so let's 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 switch gears here a little bit. How, how does how does someone um, stop thinking so much, right? So when it when it comes, you know, to to your home life, how do you manage going from always concentrating, trying to always be aware? Because I'll be honest with you, it can be exhausting, <laughs> right? It's just exhausting. It's like you're constantly over, and Now I'm overanalyzing certain situations. Right, right. That's why it becomes you develop it becomes like a skill. Um, how do you allow it to not completely take over everything and you still enjoy life well we're in the same boat jimmy lee so yeah. I,
2: I i can't answer my wife is probably sitting there like answer it a- answer it yeah answer that uh,
1: sorry <laughs> and i will kid you not
2: because she's a doer like, yeah she will do it I, I i'll do it but i think about it and i process i overanalyze that's just who i am that's how i'm hardwired absolutely so we we kind of Bump on that, so um, <laughs> yeah, <I don't> know.
0: <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, all right, so so what's what's if someone were to ask you, say, Marlon, what's your motivation? So I'm asking you right now, Marlon, what's your motivation? <laughs> uh, it's
2: always family for me, absolutely. Always when I take uh, I think about my daughters, uh, 23, 20, and my son is 11, and, and and then my bride of over 20 years. Um I I enjoy that. That's that's, awesome. that's what what I find myself even doing this podcast is kind of drifting a bit, thinking about family because it it just connects for me. Absolutely, that's my go-to for whatever. It doesn't matter what we're talking. You're talking about cars. Oh yeah, man, I got this nice. My son can go with me. You know, it's just, yeah. it's it's family that Absolutely. motivates me and it pushes me.
0: Absolutely. I want to ask you a question about goals and goal setting that always drives me crazy cuz I never um got a good good a good answer that was like, yeah. Um and I feel like you you'll you'll give me a good answer. What? No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Can you talk a little bit about when someone's like, "Oh, goal set, you know, something that's ambitious, but always f- I feel like it realistically leaves out the the realism of life, right? And so it was like, you know, can I jump uh, 50 feet? No, you're physically not, you know, uh, able to do that, you know, as, you know, as a vertical. Where does, you know, goal setting become so ambitious that it's not reachable and then turns into um, you're not reaching your expectations, so now you're frustrated, so now you quit, and now none of this works, and personal development is trash. because there's just some faults that i've received from you know people that i've coached and mentored um and you know and then there's this weird thing because you you want people to be ambitious in their goal setting but if it's not believable to them Mm -hmm. um how can we make a change there
2: I, i start by um i'll give you a quick antidote um I have what I call um, "shut up, Marlin moments, right? Yeah. Where I, I, I'm thinking I'm floating high, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Okay, I got this mm-hmm. together, and then I may see someone um, wheelchair-bound. I may see someone um, just uh, and disabled, and I'm fully abled, and then I just have a moment. Shut up, Marlon.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, like. <laughs> Just shut up. Yeah. And then even in that instance, I see them on top of them being disabled. Some of the happiest people I've seen, and sometimes that that strikes me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: I don't want it to uh, come off as they should not be happy. Yeah. But it amazes me because I'm so comfortable in my comfort, right? Mm-hmm. Right. In who I am and using my limbs and moving my fingers and doing whatever it is I do. Yeah. Sometimes I don't take that into account. So I'm just like, you know, just just be quiet. So to your point about setting goals, oftentimes I tell people to look at um, things throughout history, what people have done, mm. what people have suffered, mm. right? Yeah. And just what you're complaining about, man, is minuscule, right? Absolutely. Set your goal, right? And even if it's something over ambitious, Make sure you know you start off with bite sized chunks so you can get there yeah. you, you can't just shoot for the moon, and i'm going to do it, and that's something you've never done before I going to set this big hairy goal, and you 've never done it before you're right. setting yourself up to fail right. so I, I would specifically say, look at those around you that can inspire you, and specifically for me that's just looking you know at my parents and what they came through and uh growing up uh Jim Crow uh, south and different things like shut up,
0: yeah, you yeah. know what
2: I mean so. My goals, and even the things that I accomplish now, I tell them, well, Marlon, you should. Yeah. You should. Right. You did not experience any of that.
0: Right, right. Now, right.
2: it still impacts me, obviously, what's going on today. Sure. But um, for that to happen to them firsthand, and then they just make it through, even as teenagers, they got married at 19, and what they did, and, you know, had a family of five, and We had people uh, living with us, not just relatives, but they also had homeless people off the street living with us, right? Legit. Wow. So when you talk about setting goals, that's a goal because I've seen it and I lived it, right? And my parents did that. So to get back to your question, you can set a big goal, but I would start with smaller goals and then get there. But think about others. Don't just think about yourself. Think
0: about others, and that will propel you to achieve a bigger goal, if that makes sense. (laughs) Absolutely. Well said. Um, my last, my last question or one of my last questions, as I should say, cause I just saw something else there. Can you speak a little bit? I'm huge on gratitude and being mm. thankful, uh, for, you know, the life we're given, you know, the gifts we're given, um, the people, you know, that we're given. Can you speak a little bit about gratitude and its importance as we navigate through this? I,
2: I love that. Yeah. Um, I tell my kids all the time, just sometimes be quiet and say, thank you. Yeah. and mean it. Yeah, uh, and, and I try to follow that as well. I'm thankful that you guys even gave me the opportunity to speak here. Right. Absolutely. Doesn't matter credentials and all of that. This is still your podcast, and you still extended it to me. So I'm I'm truly grateful for that, and I'm Absolutely. thankful for that. Absolutely. Um, so it, it's just so big. It starts there. That's where it starts. Yeah. I don't think you can do anything of importance without gratitude, because you need to be assisting others and helping others as well. And I think we take that
0: for granted. So it starts with gratitude. I love it. All right. So last question. What's your recommendation to everyone, anyone trying to achieve their goals now during this time of turbulence?
2: Um, stay in your lane. Absolutely. Right? You can switch gears. You can you know, take a different uh, path, a different turnpike, different way, whatever. But stay in your lane. Right? Absolutely. If you're a barber and you love doing that, that's what's going to make you grow. Knock that out. Don't try to be anybody else. Oh, real estate is, I'm going to be a real estate agent. That's not what you're going to do because you don't want to do it. You're going to fail. That's not what you want to do. Stay in your lane and watch how much it grows. People will be surprised for that. When you stay in what you are capable and gifted in, you'll be surprised where that takes you.
0: Absolutely. I love that. All right. Awesome. Any closing words you want to have to give for our listeners? Uh, gratitude thank you thank you thank you for having me and i appreciate being here and
2: if they need to reach me you can find me marlon addison on linkedin and marlon mentors
0: on twitter perfect all right we'd like to wrap things up with quotes and the first one is by adrian rogers faith believes in spite of the circumstances and acts in spite of the consequences I love that second one by Percy B. Green a man of words and not of deeds is like a garden full of weeds Mm. Emotional intelligence in this episode. We have special guest Marlon Addison We cover topics that range from leadership IQ versus EQ mentorship lecturing and much more We wrap the episode up with quotes from Percy B. Green and Adrian
1: Rogers Awesome